T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. Very, very busy day. Been talking a lot about Caleb Williams. We've been talking about the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, whether Jim Harbaugh should be facing penalty and punishment for what is now looking like an expanded sort of, I don't say global, because it seemed like it was mostly Big Ten schools. <laughs> but uh, definitely there was a, a lot of, uh, it was coordinated, I think we can call it, coordinated effort to try to film future opponents. And if Jim Harbaugh didn't know, as he says he didn't, should he have known? And could he be facing punishment, everything up to missing games, being uh, fine, to losing his job and getting fired? Well, I think you bring up a good point. If they sent him to Dublin for one of those early season games, right. then it's we're not talking about the FBI anymore. Now we're getting to the CIA. It's espionage. This is an international <laughs> scandal. This is so overblown. You could the guys holding up a sign with Daffy Duck and Dan Patrick's head in Oregon. You're telling me these signs are so mysterious? Like what are we doing here? Everybody's got to be stealing these signs. And if you're a college football team and you're not watching the other team's signs, what are you doing? The scandal has moved past the point of what this actually is and whether they got an advantage to from it to did Jim Harbaugh know that rules were being knowingly broken? Did he sign off on it? And if he didn't know, should he have known? That's what this is about now. Like the the TikTok of this, while interesting, the details are amazing. A former Marine is, you know, getting the reconnaissance work here. All the schools he went to purchasing the tickets on SeatGeek and StubHub. I mean, all this stuff is so juicy. But now the question is, who knew what when? And Jim Harbaugh's the guy who's you know what is on the line here because he is Michigan football. Well, let me ask you this. If they go ahead and kick Penn State and Ohio State's butt this year, we know that Ohio State and Penn State are aware that sign stealing has happened. Clearly, there's no advantage in this case. Will that prove Michigan didn't need the sign stealing? Well, I think you're calling into question things that we've seen over the last three years because that's when this allegedly started. And it does coincide with a major uptick in the Michigan program. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say this like uh, the only reason why Michigan all of a sudden turned from a place where Jim Harbaugh was taking a pay cut to now they are arguably the best team in college football. Right. But if they go ahead and kill Penn state, which I think they will do, then that had nothing to do with sign ceiling. They're just a better team with NFL players at every spot on their roster. They might have, multiple first-round picks. So I think they can prove that it wasn't the sign ceiling. They're just a better team. Okay, well, the other thing is when the college football playoff rankings start, which is different than, like, the coaches poll and the Associated Press poll, yeah. right? This is, like, the college football playoff like committee. Like the committee that goes on ESPN on Tuesday nights? Yeah, yeah. and they put, they put out who's, like, in the top four. One of the things that they definitely look at is 
like how much you won by, you know, like style points matter yeah. for how you get ranked in these things. And Michigan is blowing teams out, which is kind of the only thing they have over Georgia. Like Georgia's played a couple closer games, a one score game against Auburn, the two score game against Kentucky. So a little bit closer. I mean, if the sign stealing was working when they were playing, you know, Little Sisters of the Poor earlier this year, they were getting style points for it. If they're ranked above Georgia, I don't know. They're yeah, getting but, an advantage. But their schedule, Michigan's schedule is particularly weak, though. I okay. mean, yes. it is unbelievably. I mean, they got Michigan State in the middle of complete disarray. They got Nebraska in the in the middle of complete disarray. And then they East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. Come on. Georgia... Georgia's close games were against real schools, at least. And they weren't even that close. Like, what's the game we brought up last night? South Carolina? Yep. Was Georgia really going to lose that game? No, they just slept walked through the first quarter. I remember sitting here, and there were a lot of people in this room, in the adjacent room, thinking that Georgia was in trouble against Kentucky. And I was like, it's not going to happen. Well, but- if it was in Kentucky, that would have been <laughs> totally different. That game, by the way, was... I know the final score was a blowout. There was interesting things that happened early in that game that that sort of determined that game. Kentucky's a good team. I yeah. And if Georgia, every team will have letdowns. Michigan has not had that letdown. I, I think the sign ceiling thing is going to be greatly affected, the, the depth of the scandal by what Michigan does forward. Because now there's no excuse. Now if you're Ohio State, you got to change your signs. You probably should have been anyway. you got to wonder, were they scouting TCU last year? Yeah, I wonder that, too. That's the other thing. That at least they could say, like, hey, look, we didn't know what TCU was going to play. We didn't understand those calls. <laughs> uh, EJ, do we have some early poll results, please? Yes, we do. Okay. So we, we asked the question, um, basically, should Jim Harbaugh face punishment for the cheating scandal? So our early results show that 68.8% say, yes, he should. And then you had 31.2% saying no. All right. Change it to will. No, and what do you don't think? I'm will. just curious. We don't it'd be... have Twitter blue, so I can't edit tweets. <laughs> yeah. That's not how this works. We don't Would... have that kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, do you think it'd be a, kind of budget. a radically different result? Do you think actually anything is not should, but do you guys think that something will happen here? Because I lean towards no. I think Jim Harbaugh is gone by the time that they suss through all this stuff. Okay, but that it's a little more complicated. Like this is just the facts of the of the investigation that are out there now. As college football fans and smart fans as we are. Make a determination. Should he be punished for yeah, this? Yeah, but it's, should is meaningless. What's going to actually happen here is all that matters. Is Michigan going to get dinged, and is it going to get in the way of them trying to get to the Final Four? I mean, I don't know if should is meaningless, only because we talk about the conversation about the asterisk. We talk about the conversation about the integrity of what Michigan's done. If people think he should be fired and we didn't go back to what Jim Harbaugh's legacy is as a coach, then they're saying, well, he should have faced punishment for that thing. He should have not finished that season, or he should have been fired you know, the following season. Like, I think that there is some value in should. I think that's an after-this-season question, though, the asterisk, because I think the real question here logistically, are they actually going to do something that messes up this Michigan season? Because if not, they're, gonna, they're probably going to roll, and I think the asterisk comes later. No, because if they go on undefeated and win the national title— that's a big deal. Like, I, I think this is the question to me is not what do we judge later? Is this actually going to interfere with what they're trying to do right now? You mean because they won't have the signs to steal or because uh, the yes. shadow of the scandal? Yes. Are they actually, is, is the Big Ten going to try and keep them out of the Big Ten title game or something like that? Is something like that going to happen? Or are they going to be a worse team because they're not sign stealing? Let's, uh, in my opinion, we have to deal with today here with Michigan. Yes, after the season, that asterisk stuff might be a big deal, but I think we have more pressing needs here with Michigan. 
I, I think the court of public opinion is is doomed coaches in the past. I mean, you start getting the the ball, and I'm not saying this is going to happen here, but the ball starts rolling. Like, you know, the Pat Fitzgerald scandal, like even the um, Mel Tucker. I mean, right. the court of public opinion, once these things come out and once yeah, people get behind I, I them, now I don't... I, I see it, totally it, what you're they're saying. They're totally though. different. All three of these scandals are so wildly different. One's a hazing scandal. One's like a coach was having inappropriate phone sex with a vendor scandal. <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. And now this is Harbaugh, which is more on the football field stuff. See, Eileen, this is going to play out like Spygate. So the Patriots got dinged in week one of 2007 for a very similar violation. And then they just went on a tear. They used this to make us, it's us against the world. They used that scandal to sort of galvanize the team. They did end up losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. But I think Michigan could Harbaugh. use this as a, as a hey, it's us against the world thing. And maybe this makes them actually, weirdly, a better team. Maybe this will fire them up and they'll go on to win the national title. I know, but it's kind of hard to do the us against the world when you were benefiting from the cheating. It's kind of <laughs> like what the Astros did it. It's like the Astros, yeah. yes, the Patriots, us against the world. It's like, well, I, I get, yeah, I guess you guys against the world because you messed up because we all justifiably are questioning your success now. I think the other way, it could go the other way with Michigan you know, sometimes it's like a placebo effect. Even if it wasn't giving you a huge edge, did you think it was giving you an edge? And if the players don't have that edge anymore, I don't know. There's a million different ways this thing could go. So we want to hear from you, 855-2124-CBS. I think every punishment for Harbaugh is on the table, though, up to being fired. So um, I, I definitely, I vote no on the poll. I, I don't think that anything serious is going to happen to Harbaugh out of this. It's too minor of a violation. It's not even signs. You guys keep saying it's sign stealing. That's not the violation. Let's be very clear about what the violation is. You cannot send a person to advance scout. And videotape it. It's videotaping. Is the, the legal, I, is the legal no, no, no. It's, it's sending. It's no, a, but it's the legal technology part of it that they also yes, are harping. It's the sending oh, is that and the, the technology yes. part. Right. Oh, I thought it was you're not allowed to send a person in That's person. part of it, too. That's part of it. But the other part of it is two-pronged. Is that, and then there's this illegal technology, which is a cell phone. It's kind of yeah. weird. But that's the other part of this that they're saying is the issue, is that they went, and that's why I have a problem with it. Because to me, it's not necessarily about is it legal. It's you're, you're cutting corners. I mean, you could go and have a guy watch the game and, and remember the signals. Or you can go and get the to all 22 or whatever or wider uh, angle of the video and look from a distance and see. But you wanted it to be crystal clear, perfect, and easy. And you did that by spending money <laughs> to send some that, staffer. That's your problem there. with it? Yeah, you're cutting corners. This, like, yeah. this is like a, like a, it's like chat GPT or something. Like you use technology to make life exactly. easier for you. Exactly. So that's why you should get dinged for it. Interesting. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, okay, so you're welcome to weigh in on Harbaugh and uh, what he could be facing in Michigan. We also have a change now that's happened in the NFL. So if you are somebody who likes to follow the Vegas betting odds, you would have noticed something rather significant that happened after week seven, which is the Chiefs are now back to being the Super Bowl favorites. Plus 400, where the Niners have now flipped to second place at plus 550. Eagles, after that, the closest AFC team to Kansas City is Miami at plus 1,000. So after what we saw Perloff this past week, AFC, is it Kansas City? Would you take them right now to get back to the Super Bowl or would you take the field? 
100% Kansas City. In fact, these odds are baffling to me. They should be much higher towards Kansas City. You just gave Patrick Mahomes a defense. Can you imagine this Kansas City team has never been consistent this early in the season? Now, I understand Nick Bolton got hurt, their star linebacker. But Chris Jones is a one-man. He's Aaron Donald now. They are so much more dangerous than they've probably been in this whole era, believe it or not. I think this is a... I, it's hard for me to say because they were almost untouchable the year after the Super Bowl. This might be the best Chiefs team of this little era because it's never been balanced like this. Not only do you have a defense, you have Isaiah Pacheco who's the best running back they had. He's a huge weapon. Mahomes is at the top of his game. Travis Kelsey, obviously inspired by outside influences, is playing <laughs> better than he ever has at the 34. Taylor bump? Not, okay. He's as high as he's ever been. He's 34. So Travis Kelsey's not aging. The wide receiver, the young, the worry was the young wide receiver core. Do they worry you at all? They look really good to me. So I see no holes with the Chiefs here. Patrick Mahomes is on the field. They are such a strong favorite. I think the odds should be even higher. I would definitely take the field here. And I think that the, the biggest threat will be two teams. Miami, which again is plus a thousand. So they're the second highest AFC team with Super Bowl odds. And I would say you got to start looking at the Ravens. We haven't been talking about this enough because you talk about your Philadelphia Eagles pearl off of working in two new coordinators. Look at what the Ravens were doing and working in a new offensive coordinator, the former OC at Georgia, Todd Munkin. This is starting to look real good. Lamar is putting together some incredible passing games you know he's got his legs, so he could always revert back to that if a game's in bad weather or something like that. But the passing attack has come alive. They had a bad game with drops against uh, Pittsburgh a couple yep. of weeks ago. But when the guys are like, when their receivers are not dropping passes, this is scary. And oh, by the way, Ravens defense, still number one in scoring. They're holding opponents to like an average of 14 points a game. And the Ravens defense is always there. You're talking about Kansas City's defense. It's like we're surprised that they're this good this early in the year. Ravens defense is like death and taxes and Ravens defense. They've got an offense figured out. Ah, that is going to be a scary team. Why do you think that Vegas is not valuing the Ravens? They have them behind, significantly behind the Dolphins and behind the Bills or tied with the Bills, depending where you see it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of like what you say about the Ravens, which is we'll do it in the playoffs. We'll do yeah. it in the playoffs. I think it's a wait and see. And I think if you're really sharp, now would be the time to maybe jump on the Ravens because this does look, now we're, you know, what, are we seven weeks in the season? Yes. yes. Seven weeks in. Now you're seeing what a new coordinator and some life in that passing game can actually do for Lamar. Yeah, I think there are two reasons. It's the past playoff failures with Lamar Jackson. And it's health. Odell. I mean, are we going to see him? Every time he catches a ball, I feel like something's going to happen. And Zay Flowers is not big either. That's what's happened in the last three years. Health, health, health. Yeah. They're always injured by the end of the season. I think that's the only reason they're lower. Maybe, but again, like all the Ravens do this like once a decade. They basically, they win the Super Bowl. We're like, do. What was the last time they won? 2012, right? I think was the last one. So we're yeah, a little Joe past Flacco, due. elite quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question too. If Lamar Jackson keeps playing like this and wins the MVP, very possible. He's on fire. I totally agree with that. Would it be really bad if he won two MVPs and then did not do anything in the playoffs? That would be an odd situation because he's how many playoff games has he won? Is he two and four in the playoffs? He's really, he's like Dak. He's really struggled in the postseason. So I think this, that's going to be a, a growing narrative. People are going to say at the end of the season, okay, Lamar looks like the MVP, but do we want to hold back until we see him do it against the Chiefs in the playoffs? Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. I, I I get what you're saying, where if you're going to be a two-time MVP. Yeah. Although, how many MVPs did Peyton Manning win before he 
That's won a Super Bowl. Probably a few, considering he's five. But yeah. Peyton Manning is also, you know, coming out of coming into the NFL was still like Peyton Manning. You know, I was like, ah, he had, he had the sparkle yeah. on him. And his, I think his stats were so much better than everyone else. Lamar Jackson, say at the end of the season, we have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the MVP race. I think that's a really tough choice. That is tough because I feel like Mahomes is always the default candidate now because he is the best quarterback in the league. But would you have to give it to Lamar? And I think the other thing about Lamar is he won the first MVP because it was like, oh, this is the best running quarterback since Michael Vick and way better than Michael Vick. And so it's like, he can do that and he can do both. If he turns him, now he's turned himself into this passer who's completing like 70% of his passes. Like now you got to give credit to the guy for changing the way he plays and for being and adding a different dynamic to what he's about. Absolutely. One thing too about the Ravens, Todd Munkins had other NFL stints. There's a data that I heard early in the season. It always takes a month to get his offense down. So I think we saw that. Yeah. I think they got through the growing pains. I, I just think there's a little bit of nerves about some of these receivers. First of all, the, will the drops come back at the wrong time, and can they stay on the field? Zay Flowers is awesome. Yep. He is not big. And if they're going to do this passing offense, he's going to have to go over the middle. And Odell, even even the other game, he started off really hot. I was, ooh, I'm like, oh, he's taking some big hits. Yeah, listen, that that's going to be part of it. But they need, you know, they do have other guys on the yeah, they have all the receiving weapons. It's not just them. And then I also think Miami is legit. And then we'll see what happens with my Buffalo Bills. If they can make a trade at the deadline, bring in some defensive help, maybe find their mojo back. I don't want to completely write them off and leave them for dead, even though I did a couple days ago because I was in the moment and feeling very salty about them losing to the Pats. Here's why I like the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are in that AFC West has fallen apart. It has. And so Baltimore's got to play. Baltimore's <laughs> got to play Cincinnati and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I know. So I think that it's going to be hard to get home field. And the same thing with AFC East. Yep. The fact that the Jets have not given up with the Aaron Rodgers injury. Buffalo, I, I don't think they're going to get home games. Not that that has helped them the last couple of years. No, I think it's it's either it's going to be the Chiefs or Jacksonville duking it out for the number one seed. And then whoever gets it is going to have a massive advantage. Ooh, I... Mm. You're the only team that gets a bye. Well, yeah. And AFC South number one seed is... That's not the advantage. That Historically, that team usually gets trounced in the first round. I I mean, honestly, you give me the Chiefs and the Jags, I will take the Chiefs every day. We didn't mention them as a threat as well. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs or the field in the AFC, where would you put your money? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Kind of like that as a poll question, too. You can always find us on the tweets at Maggie and Pearl on Instagram, Maggie and Perloff. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio and Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio if you'd like to watch the show um, because we're tens. That's what we are. <laughs> You're going to want to see this. <laughs> All four of us. This is, is this is 10, 10, 10, 10. It's like, for God, me, that is a good-looking radio show. 10 out of 100 for me. I don't know <laughs> where you're getting 10 from. <laughs> Listen, I think we're above average good-looking when it comes to radio shows in this I country. would stack this show against every show in the nation. I'd put us up against a lot of people. I mean, it's a low bar in our <laughs> industry, to be fair, but we could be the nicest house on a bad block. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. I already mentioned that. Good morning to our CBS Sports Radio affiliates who we appreciate so much. You can download the free Odyssey app to get us crystal clear and Sirius XM Channel 158. Coming up, what did Jerry Jones have to say about the upcoming trade deadline from the Cowboys perspective? We get to that. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. While everyone else here in the studio is really mean and making fun of me for the Phillies losing, 
I <laughs> am more generous, and I want to call out a correct call that you had, Maggie. What's that? This summer, we were talking about teams that might tank in the NFL, and you kept saying, man, if I'm the Titans, I'm going to tank. Yep. There is just no reason to go here. So they trade Kevin Byard to the Eagles, and what is the latest news from Nashville? Okay, so the latest, and this is Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, is saying that because of Ryan Tannehill's high ankle sprain, Will Levis is expected to start this weekend against the Falcons. So you got a 2-4 and four Titans team welcoming in a 4-3 and three Falcons team. It's going to start with Levis, but he's saying there also could be some Malik Willis. So I guess on the off chance that Will Levis has you winning the game, Malik Willis can come in and you can lose that game. I don't know. I'm just kidding. They're going to do something kind of a – I don't know if it's a platoon, but it's likely you're going to see both quarterbacks this weekend. So it's funny. Will Levis started his career at Penn State, and he was pure running quarterback. Like, he, they didn't let him throw at all. I wonder if if that's what Tennessee does here. They basically run a wing tee where Will Levis is going to run or Derrick Henry is going to run. I don't see Malik them Willis having Malik Willis will be able to do that too because he Willis can't throw is, the ball. Yeah, Malik Willis has been quite disappointing as a passer. I, I think this team is in in big trouble here. But they, who knows in today's NFL? Nashville, I'm sorry, Tennessee. Once in a while, will give you this crazy Derrick Henry game where they beat a decent team. Maybe if they keep it real conservative, they can beat Atlanta. Atlanta seems to find a dogfight in any game. That's so, true. But so I, I think it would be you, really an interesting formula. Okay, my question for you. So why would they want to win this game, though, right? And, like, why wouldn't Derrick Henry be on the trade block, which we've heard some whispers of, because after you get past Atlanta, you're at Pittsburgh, at Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville. Well, yeah. at Pittsburgh and at Tampa Bay – who knows with those games? Pittsburgh's offense is terrible. Tampa Bay looks like they could be tanking too. I feel like though the home teams will be favored in all of those. Tampa Bay just lost thirteen or was sixteen thirteen to Atlanta. <laughs> Listen, they're playing tomorrow night. Well, narratives change quickly. They hang in there with the Bills or beat the Bills, then all of a sudden Tampa's going to be back. But anyway, I think I always thought this was a perfect spot for Tennessee to tank. The yeah. roster's getting a little bit older. You don't have a clear plan for quarterback after. Ryan Tannehill, who is older and injury prone, and this this seems like a perfect time to reset the franchise. Watch Mike Vrabel on the sideline. You think that dude can tank? He almost looks like he wants to put on a helmet and go hit somebody. <laughs> I, I also they have two wins on the books. It's true. It, that's that's going to hurt you. They're, I mean, they're I, clearly sellers though at the deadline. They're so clearly the, sellers. Tells you something. Also, I in this year's draft, we keep talking about tanking for Caleb Williams. That's going to be hard. Listen, tank or no tank, they're probably going to end up in the top 10 in a multi-quarterback draft. They're clearly drafting somebody next year unless Will Levis blows you away. Remember, Will Levis is yeah. a guy we thought of as a first-rounder for a long time. Oh, I think he looked in that bad in the preseason. Sitting uh, in that green room at the, at the draft and didn't get drafted. Yeah, it's funny how down we are on him. Partly, too, because we were excited about Malik Willis, and then he looked way too raw to play in the NFL. I'm still kind of a Malik Willis fan. I loved him at Liberty. I think he seems like a talented guy. I'm not quite sure where they're going here. They'll draft a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to tank. Also, do you want Derrick Henry? What team would trade for Derrick Henry? I think if they ask for a first or second round pick, everyone's going to be like, there's no way because the running back market's so suppressed. Yeah, I mean, we saw that this offseason, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook and all these guys were just lingering out there on the market, let alone the guys who got the franchise tag. But I don't know. A contender who wants to put themselves, feel well, like they can put them over the top? You're a Buffalo Bills fan. Is they they need a run game? Derrick Henry, he doesn't fit to me. Well, I wouldn't mind it. The problem is it, that's the play calling. Are they actually going to give him the ball? Is he going to come and just stand on the sideline with the Bills?
I yeah, don't you have a $50 million quarterback. You're not bringing yeah, you Derrick Henry. And the thing about Dalvin Cook looks terrible, right? These older running backs, there's a reason they're on the trade market. And you need to give them a lot of volume. I don't think anyone's going to want Derrick Henry. I don't know. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. But they are currently Tennessee in last place in that AFC South. Uh, because Houston has been a bit of a surprise. I know they're only sitting at three and three, but they look like they're going yeah. on the upward trajectory. They've got their quarterback in CJ Stroud. Of course, Jacksonville's five and two. And Indianapolis should be four and three. Big time. They're three and four. And when I say they should be, that's not just, oh, they should have won that game against Cleveland. According to Jim Ursay, so unreliable narrator that he might be. This is not exactly like a... A massive grain of salt. <laughs> this is not airtight. But coming from Jim Irsay's own Twitter account, he said that the league did call and apologize. Or I don't know if they called. They somehow apologized and told him that they got those two defensive pass interference calls wrong at the end of the Colts-Browns game. Yeah. Uh, did he say both of them? Because the first one, I think, was a legit call. There was definitely a lot of contact. The second one, it was an uncatchable ball. I think the first one was called oh, yes. holding. Yes, yes, I'm The sorry. second one, the pass interference, there was an uncatchable ball, so it should not have been called. Probably was enough contact. And listen, there's contact on every play. I know, but the uncatchable ball thing is really kind of yeah. getting out of hand because you these balls are sailing into the third row. Yeah. How can it be holding? <laughs> so they, they after the play, the officials huddled. They clearly should have picked up the flag, but you got the sense that they were either embarrassed or not confident enough to pick up the flag in such a key moment. I think the NFL is leaning towards, with betting in the world, much more of a sky judge format where the somebody with camera can return uh, can overturn anything immediately. So that's Ursay's tweet. He said the NFL admits and understands that they did not make the correct calls saying calls yeah. at the end of Sunday's Colts Browns game. I believe we need to instant instant replay for all calls including penalties in the last 2 minutes of all games. It's like, "All right, well, you're one of the owners, so bring it to the competition committee or whatever." He might even sit on the competition committee. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this was one game. I don't think the Colts are a great team, by the way. No. Minshew giveth and taketh, and Shane Steichen made some terrible mistakes in that game. I guess the question, though, is it's not going to be perfect because, say, for example, the Kenny Pickett, the bad spot where yeah, they gave was... him a first down when he clearly didn't get the first down because it was outside of two minutes and because Sean McVay didn't have a timeout left, they couldn't review that. So just because it's inside of two minutes doesn't mean we're going to correct every game-changing call. Uh that exists because that one happened outside of two minutes. The other thing is, do we want to know when the NFL gets these wrong? Like, do you want to know the yeah. NFL called Jim Irsay to apologize and say we got it wrong? What does I, that do for anybody? I think it's transparency. I think the more transparency, the better. I think that it's good that the officials meet with one guy from the officials meets with the media. Yeah, I think you should, you have to put it out in the open. Okay, but it doesn't change. The Colts record is three and four right now. It didn't do anything. In the moment, we all saw it. We hated it. The Colts had to pay the price. Like, you just can't go back and change. It's not like a baseball game that's like, you know, done. You can play under protest. I don't know. I, f I feel a little better as a Colts fan today. <laughs> you do? I yeah. feel worse. Well, if the NFL had not said that, it's something. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, you we were right. We got screwed. Is there some, something there? It's <laughs> better than not admitting you were wrong. What if the NFL had said, no, we made the right call? You, People would be furious. Do you think that Saints fans feel any better because the NFL <laughs> admitted that they got the call wrong in the NFC Championship game? Yes. You do? 
A little, three percent. I mean, I mean, I'm, this is college, but if I go back to Miami being robbed of a national championship game against Ohio State, yeah, the NCAA, the Rose Bowl, or the Fiesta Bowl rather, has never said anything. I think if they acknowledge that that was yeah a bad pass interference call, I would feel better than I do today. They're acknowledging your pain. Yes, you yes. you would feel seen. I would feel better, not yeah. good. I don't think there's anything to make me ever feel good as I'm still talking about it. And it's 2023, yeah. and that was legit, legitimately 20 years ago. <laughs> but I would feel better. Also, last year, James Bradbury with the hold in the yeah. Super Bowl, if the NFL said that should not have been called, then I could at least walk around saying, you yeah, know, we were legitimately robbed of the Super Bowl. <laughs> I can't really say that. <laughs> no, no. And, and you're not getting what you think you're getting from that. They're never going to come it's out It's something. It's better than nothing. Just we got killed by Patrick Mahomes. There's no pride in that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the headlines. Bogus is here. Uh, I think, Pearl, have you mentioned this the other day? Maybe not. Uh, last night was the first time Kevin Durant played in the Warriors arena since leaving the team after the 2019 yeah. finals. No, I said that he hasn't played, he hasn't played LeBron in five years and oh, that's so happening next week okay so here's but here's another thing he hasn't been back to the bay area since then four plus years he got a pregame tribute video on opening night last night a lot of good moments in the video he was able to relive uh some of those memories real quick um but it was good to come in here and Get the season started off right with a W. Durant scored 18, just 7 of 22 shooting. Bradley Beal was out with a nagging back issue, so Devin Booker did the heavy lifting with 32 in a 108-104 win on opening night in um, San Francisco. You know what the Warriors could have done to honor him? Maybe a walker or something because <laughs> Kevin Durant got old in the offseason. I called him washed last year. I'm doubling down now. I mean, he looks like his age is catching up with him. Well, the other part, too, is everyone gets a tribute video now. You could you sign a 10-day contract with the team. They're going to welcome you back with a tribute <laughs> oh, yeah. video. It's really not the thing it used to be. Well, he did have two finals MVPs. It's not a 10-day no, contract. No, I know, but it's like they're going to welcome back. I'm just trying to think who else left the team. Harrison um, Barnes, or do you think Jordan Poole's getting a? Show? Oh no! I bet Jordan Poole gets Jordan one. Jordan Poole is the last person to get a tribute video <laughs> oh, in that let's building. Let's do show bet. Show bet. I, I, I would absolutely jump in this. He's getting a tribute. He's video. definitely getting one. 100%. Oh, and it should be the grainy footage of it is uh, gonna Draymond be, cold cocking him. Whoever's doing that video is going to totally mail it in. I do not think they're going <laughs> to welcome Jordan Poole back with open arms. They did not like that dude. They're going to mail it in like what the edits are going to be off. Yeah, and, like, you guys know. You could tell. You could tell by the tribute video when they really mean it. Uh, I want to give the Columbus Blue Jackets some credit because they played one as a joke the other day for goalie Jonathan Quick who's now on the Rangers. They were Rangers played there the other day and Quick like pass through Columbus <laughs> as a part of a trade. Yeah, right. And they were just like, ha ha, we loved your time here. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, yeah. Jonathan Quick was in Columbus. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if he, maybe he never actually played That's for funny. them, but they did it as a joke. That's the way to do it. For Jordan Poole? <laughs> well, not necessarily for Jordan Poole, but I'm into the sarcasm. So any yes. anytime, you know, NBA, there's a lot of paperwork trading. Like yes. guys never actually yeah. played there. Yeah, like Drew Holiday should get a, a, a tribute video in Portland. Yes, yeah. that's they what should, we're doing. They yeah. should do a tribute TikTok. Just make it like 10 seconds yeah. long. <laughs> uh, the first game in this new NBA season was in Denver. One more title celebration. Then a 119-107 win over the Lakers. Nikola Jokic, another triple-double. 29 points, 13 boards, 11 assists. Jamal Murray adding 21 on the emotional night. Try to stay calm, cool, and collective out there. Um, like I said, just try and take that energy, that confidence. 
um, realization of what we did into the into the game. LeBron began his season with 21 points in 29 minutes. You guys just mentioned this. New reports this morning say Will Levis is prepping to start Sunday against the Falcons. Was Ryan Tannehill deals with that high ankle sprain? Mike Vrabel said yesterday Levis and Malik Willis would play if Tannehill cannot. Broncos safety Kareem Jackson now suspended two games after appealing his four-game ban for his second ejection for an illegal hit this season. Now, the Patriots waving Malik Cunningham yesterday, 10 days after adding him to their active roster. He will likely return to their practice squad if nobody claims him. Every Did they any- pay him? It wasn't that a great signing. It was a great story. Malik Cunningham got signed. I thought that was a feel-good story of the 2023 season. They waved him again? I think, though, it's more procedural. Yeah, That's right. how to get him back onto the practice squad. I, I noticed the Bears keep waving and bringing back Nathan Peterman as well. There's yeah. some funky roster thing going yeah, on they here. they signed him to a three-year extension on Tuesday. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I gotta look this up. Sorry, yeah, Bogus, no, continue. I remember we, that's the headline. Yeah. This is all Belichick has. He, does, he no longer has being the smartest guy on Sunday. Yeah. So, this is what he has. <laughs> it's these weird procedural things where he thinks he's one-upping the NFL, like, oh, yes, you signed Malik Cunningham, and then you cut him, but ha-ha, he's on our Packers squad. He can still be on our team. Who's, who are you gaming yeah. on that? Who? What's the market for Malik Cunningham? Give me a break. This guy is when so he had, washed. When he had no backup QB, yeah. like that first, the, the last weekend before the season started because he put everybody on, on waivers. Yeah, he's playing this, like, three-dimensional chess, but, like, he's actually <laughs> playing, you know, I don't know, like, tic-tac-toe. <laughs> uh, every NHL team played last night. A first for a weeknight. The Golden Knights are 7-0 after a 3-2 win over the Flyers. Colorado and Boston 6-0. The Avs 7-4 winners at the Islanders. The Bees got a 3-0 win in Chicago. All of that happening after the NHL backed off its dumb ban on pride tape and any other special gesture or event to support a worthy cause. Players now allowed to support those causes with stick tape during games. Bob Melvin's about to be the Giants' new manager, ending a contentious two years in San Diego. There were apparently issues between the dugout and the front office. The Padres made the NLCS two seasons ago. Then this year's 82-win disappointment. And I almost forgot. Swing and a base hit right field. Carroll rounding third. Castellanos charging. We're going to have a play at the plate. The throw is cut off. Carroll scores. Moreno in a rundown. And he tried to juke out the first baseman, Harper. The put out there will go 9-3-4. But the Diamondbacks take the lead. And never gave it back in Game 7 mm. in Philadelphia. Mm. They won their first NL pennant in 21 years, 4-2. The Phillies hadn't lost at home this postseason until the last two nights. Corbin Carroll scored that go-ahead run after driving in the tying run. Now plays in the Fall Classic. That's a heck of a rookie season. I thought I thought it'd take uh, you know a little more time. Um, so to be able to do it in this first year just makes it... Um, you know, all, all the more special. Game Is he one. Crying? Is he crying? I don't think so. I oh. think he's just oddly delayed oh, okay. <laughs> in speaking. Uh, game one with the Rangers is in Texas on Friday night. Guys, back to you. Well, Perloff, it was a heck of a season. Okay, so you, you guys started paying attention to around <laughs> August yesterday. <laughs> so you guys were rooting for the Diamondbacks to beat the Phillies. Are you going to continue? But we were disguising it by claiming to root for the Phillies. Everyone saw what you guys were doing. But yeah, it was well done. I will give you that. You did (laughs) jinx my Phillies. Are you guys going to continue to root for the Diamondbacks? Did you fall in love with this Diamondbacks team? Oh, 100%. There is no way I'm ever going to see 
Max Scherzer. That oh, clown, so this all comes that, back to the that, Mets. That, that, that stick-up man who took $40 million a year from Steve Cohen's pockets to go out there and just get shelled in every big game for the New York Mets. I do not ever want to see that guy at a World Series celebration. Get lost. Wow. And you know he'd be right in the middle of it. He'd be right in the middle. <laughs> He's, he is like... I, I I cannot like watching him during the during the the time when they clinched the wild card and he yeah. goes out there and pitches that game seven. He guy can't even get past the third inning, <laughs> and he's out there celebrating like he did something. Those wacko eyes. He's legit that <laughs> meme of like the yeah. my job here is done, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> he didn't do anything, and yet here he is. He's a guy that's gonna get a, a you know an A plus on the group project. Yeah. Didn't know what. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, can we can we all? reunite as a team here and all root for the Diamondbacks then? Because I'd be down with that. You're going to root now for the team that just beat no, you? Yeah, yeah I think that, that no, Although, that's a proper sports strategy. Yeah. You do root for the team that beat you because it makes your team look better. You're right about that. I think Perloff did find a loophole here, which that's, is you want to lose to the eventual champs. Okay, that's fine, but that's a solitary effort. There's no room in our club. <laughs> I can't get in. I can't get in the baseball we club. We are on our own mission here. I'm trying to. You guys are having your so Philly much fun. Nonsense alongside. I listen. It took six games, seven I'm, games, but I learned three or four players on the Diamondbacks. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Do you know gonna, Evan Longoria is still playing baseball? <laughs> yes. I'm going to push back on this. Like for me, whenever my team loses a heartbreaking series to an opponent, I now hate that opponent. Like I'm you, the should, same way. you should hate Corbin Carroll forever. You know, you should be on site with nothing Carol but Kelly. love for Corbin Carroll. See, no, that that's 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 fraudulent behavior to me. Like <laughs> mostly the, because I don't know who Corbin Carroll. Is. <laughs> <laughs> really can't hold a grudge. No idea. Is he, if he's not the guy with purple hair, then he's I'm not. not sure who you're talking about. <laughs> Probably can't pick him out of a lineup. He really can't hold yeah, a yeah. grudge. That is basically. A, he was the one crossing home plate several times last it's night. It's a yes. two man team. It's Evan Longoria and the guy with purple hair. <laughs> and Dingo. That Cattell Marte guy killed us. You know who he is, right? You, uh, you talk- Lourdes Gurriel? No, not Lourdes yeah, oh. Marte. You warned me about him. Maggie the, tried to tell Cattell me. Cattell Marte, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cattell Marte. And I just, I I disagree. I'd rather lose to the champs. I'd rather be like, well, listen, they beat us, but at least they went on to win. It's like if, you, if your significant other like yeah. has an affair, but then goes on and marries the person, it's like, well, all right, it wasn't for, they didn't throw oh, our no, relationship that, that, away yeah, for a fling. Great analogy. I'd be more, I'd be more salty. But, I mean, you, how can I root for the Texas Rangers? I mean, that's hard to do. They well, bought look, this team. I mean, Max Scherz is on the team. I, I, I'm not yeah. saying it's an easy thing to do, but somebody's got to <laughs> do it. Also, this is a great one of the great Cinderella stories in sports history. No one's paying attention to that. This would be the, is this the worst World Series team? Or second worst. Uh, in t- for the Diamondbacks? Yeah. It's the second fewest wins and the second worst run differential of a World Series team. Yeah, this wow. is a great Cinderella. I think we're a Diamondback show. Are we a D-back show? Well, separately. Yes. Yeah. I can't be in the club. <sighs> it's a four and then one yeah. <laughs> situation. <laughs> uh, Bogus, thank you so much. Yeah. For those headlines, 855-212-4CBS. Uh, you are welcome to get in on our conversation. Coming up top of the hour, great debate series continues. It is Wednesday, which means we tackle some of the biggest questions in sports. We got a good one today. It's a little bit tangentially off of baseball, but it's so much bigger than that. Every sport is involved. Ah, bigger? Hmm. Mm. We'll see about that. <laughs> is that the Great. weirdest tease ever? <laughs> People have no idea what we're talking about, so that didn't make any <gasps> but sense. But I do. <laughs> You have to wait around just not long, though. Top of the hour, that's when we will do our great debate series. Coming up, is one future college star going to be on the field much sooner than we thought? We'll get to that in a minute. 
Don't move. Maggie Perloff, you, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Top of the hour, we do our great debate series. What do we have in store today? You're going to have to wait and find out, but not much longer. There's been a lot of quarterback news coming out lately, Perloff. We get Will Levis is going to be starting for the Titans this weekend against the Falcons with Ryan Tannehill has a high ankle sprain. That's in the pros. On the college side, Quinn Ewers for Texas is out with an injury, and it looks like you-know-who has been taking first-team reps this week, according to Steve Sarkeesian. So Arch Manning now could see the field in his first year at Texas. He'll be a backup this weekend. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because Texas is still in play for the Final Four. So it's not just a debut of Arch Manning. They need to play well to keep this going. I don't know if they're waiting for Ewers to get back, but let's say Malik Murphy, who's starting, or Arch Manning is even better than Ewers, who's been up and down this year. I think he's been a little bit disappointing I'm, it's not just about Arch in this case. And I think people will make it about Arch. I, yes, we're all dying to see Arch. Yes. I'm, I, I want to see what it's like. But, man, it'd be an even better story if Arch came in and could beat Kansas State and eventually beat Oklahoma again in the Big 12 story. It's setting up to be possibly a magical run, but a lot has to happen because it seems like he's really is the backup from everything Sark has played. Yeah, so he and Malik Murphy are both taking first-team yeah. reps, and now Arch is going to be the backup. They play BYU this yeah. weekend. They welcome in BYU, but you mentioned Kansas State. That's looming on November 4th. I mean... Yeah. That's a big one. The interesting thing, too, Malik Murphy's a different style than Arch Manning. Malik Murphy's gigantic. He can run right over you. So he Sark can do a lot of different things with Malik Murphy, where Arch Manning, I'm assuming, is more of a pocket guy. I, I think it'd be really interesting. Sark is also the best offensive coordinator probably in the country. So he's going to make both these guys look good if they get on the field. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, when you had yours, and you're right, he hasn't played like amazing, but he was definitely doing enough to stave off, yeah. you know, Murphy and Arch. And he thought, all right, well, then Arch is just going to have a redshirt year. I think we all kind of put him out of our mind a little right. bit, at, you know, for him being like basically the most famous college football recruit in May. maybe long, ever. Long, long time. For him to go on the back burner, especially because he's in uniform and he's on the sideline for these games, but for him to go on the back burner was going to take a lot. But 
now we see that he could be in play. And you brought up something interesting where we saw the story yesterday, which is if yours doesn't go to the NFL, yeah, if oh. he's dealing with this injury. Two years in a row, same shoulder sprain. This is a real problem. The NFL is not going to like that at all. I think he's going to want to prove I can stay healthy. Where does he go, though? You're not coming back. Or there's no way Arch Manning's sitting for two seasons, well, is what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, there's a way. Are you saying that it's 100% that Quinn Ewers would leave? I, I mean, don't think he would he stay had the, there. He was the quarterback of what was the number three team in the country. If they hadn't lost to Oklahoma, I think they'd still be a number three. That's pretty, you know, it's not a bad option. Well, he already transferred once too, right? So I don't so know. So he transferred from Ohio State, came to Texas. It, you're right. It's unlikely that he stays, but who knows? Do you I really mean, think Arch Manning, who was, let's not forget, like sought after recruit. Yeah. Now people could say, oh, if he wasn't a Manning, he'd be a three-star, whatever. He had every college basically was clamoring for Arch Manning. I don't think there's a, there's a universe where he's sitting for two years if he's healthy. So he's only 18, though. Arch turns 19 in April. Still pretty young. You're right. You're probably right. I just would not completely close the door. And then there's some Malik Murphy issues. So Malik Murphy destroyed everybody in the spring game. And the report is every single team in the portal tried to get him. I'm sure. Uh, So maybe there's value there. So you could have a three-way quarterback competition, which... Uh, would be a lot of fun. But if I'm Malik Murphy, why wouldn't I leave? If it, yeah. it, let's just say, for example, they're you know if they made some kind of you know wink wink handshake with Arch, like hey, you're gonna sit this year, but we're gonna get you next year. I would that wouldn't be well, crazy to think that would happen. Well, because Murphy didn't leave this time. Same situation. I he knew so. he knew Arch was there. But maybe there wasn't a perfect fit. I mean, now you're gonna have a lot of. We think there's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks going the NFL. There could be some good teams out there. Go somewhere else for a year and make your turn yourself into a first round draft pick. I think Murphy had really big options. I can't imagine big, big options. Mm-hmm. Top ten schools. He was a four star, but I think he's even elevated his status since then. You can have three future pros in that quarterback room. Yes, you're you're right. It's got to be Arch, but crazier things have happened. I I think the best drama would be if Ewers comes back. Can you imagine? What people would be saying in the spring game? Uh, let's see a quarter of viewers and a quarter of Arch. <laughs> I'm just curious if we're going to get Arch this year. Now it, the door's been widely so, cracked open. Also, he gets four games before he ruins the red shirt option. Yeah, does that matter? Do we think Arch is really sticking around campus? No, all I four don't. Years? <laughs> I don't. But maybe they consider it. Maybe if like they don't put him in for two plays and cost them one of those games, do they? Coming up, the great debate series. We're talking about athletes. We're talking about stature. We're talking about the greatest to ever do it. Come on back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.